We've all got our, you know, Wi-Fi connected thermostats at home. And mine mm -hmm. reminds me that it's time to change the filter. But do I change the filter at that? No, because then I've got to take an extra step to go and order a filter somewhere. So it's also about looking at these opportunities to really connect these two things together. So my, you know, my, my device sends me the reminder and then immediately says, and you can order it right here. And oh, by the way, you need to replace it every six months. So would you like me to put it on continuity? I'm Steven Spears, and this is the future, the future, the future of customer engagement and experience podcast. Always great to have you join us. Like I've mentioned a few times before, we're presented by the future of commerce.com, where you can stay ahead of customer experience trends with daily updates that are informational, educational, and entertaining. Head over there now to find an article that very similar to this topic. Subscription business models start small, plan big, reap rewards. It's a great article there on the site at thefutureofcommerce.com. We're back with another installment of the Commerce Reimagined series. As we're all turning to digital channels to buy everything, and I mean everything. I ordered an ice cream cone and had it delivered to my house yesterday. A new business model has emerged known as continuity commerce. You've probably seen it before or even tried it yourself. Razors, coffee, a box of clothes, all delivered to your door on a set schedule. It's great for us as customers, but arguably even greater for us as a business by creating loyal repeat customers and high margin revenue streams. Joining me for this episode is Margie Bell, head of product within SAP Commerce Cloud. Margie helps me understand the secrets of success with continuity programs and how artificial intelligence can make the process as effective as possible. Hope you enjoy. I'm Margie Bell and I am leading a fabulous team to build a state-of-the-art commerce product. Awesome. So how did you get introduced into the world of commerce? Because everybody I feel like has their own little story of they maybe built a little shop or they yeah. sold tables for 10 years and learned how to build a website, you know? Yeah. Where was your entry point? Well, I think I entered kind of from two different directions. So in my professional life, I did a lot of work around supply chain. So a lot of the, how do you make sure you have the right products in the right place at the right time? So kind of on the kind of the backbone of e-commerce, but, but yeah, I did have a, uh, a business, uh, B2B and B2C selling some ski related products, um, probably 20 years ago, really just a way to supplement our uh, ski addiction pre-kids. <laughs> and uh, so I really like I kind of cut my teeth on building that business um, uh, kind of from the ground up, you know, sourcing overseas, dealing with duty. We were shipping out of our garage and then switching to to, um, you know, using a fulfillment center. We we sold. We built a website from scratch long before there were sort of <laughs> turnkey commerce, we had to figure out how to get paid. And yeah, so I mean, I, I kind of cut my teeth on my own uh, small business in the very, very early days of e-commerce. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, so what ski products was it? Was it like ski poles with goggles? No, we were selling neoprene um, uh, add-ons for your helmet. So it was the early days of helmets. And so you could put like a, a dragon or a shark fin or all these spikes and you could just <laughs> stick them on your... Uh, 
uh, your helmet. And actually, the best part was when we saw someone on a ski hill that we didn't know <laughs> that was wearing them. When it wasn't just your friends and family buying, you knew you were on to something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was actually thinking, because, you know, we're talking continuity commerce uh, with this episode, but I was actually thinking, would you put those those attachments on continuity? Would you think that'd be something people would Sure, I guess it would it'd be like, you know, it's, it'd be like your stitch fish fix um fashion boxes you can have yeah. them. They, they were called spicos and so you can <laughs> you could have like your monthly spicos um, subscription and you know you feel like a shark this month and a dragon the next <laughs> so uh i'm curious what would you say is continuity commerce well i think at its uh at its core it's really about making sure that a customer can get a product that they regularly need with as much ease as possible in my mind that equates to like a a subscription something that you don't have to think about you're continually receiving something yeah exactly exactly and so would you say even in that sense continuity commerce is it's set everything's there for you it'll be fine there's no reason to evolve it do you think it's good enough at this point Oh, no, definitely not. I think there's lots of opportunity because, of course, the, the key is, um, you know, putting something on continuity is probably the easiest part of it. But it's all the decisions about what products do I actually offer on continuity? What's the right cadence of offering it? Um, can, I, can I ensure that I'm going to have those products regularly available because... Um, you know, there's nothing worse than signing a customer up for a recurring demand and not being able to fulfill it. Um, you know, I just think there's lots and lots of opportunity to, to um, also keep it fresh because you can sign someone up, but, but the real goal is to keep them as a recurring customer. Yeah. And I think coming back to what you mentioned of, you know, one of the topics being how do you identify what products to put on there? How do you see a, a best way about going about choosing what's going on continuity. Yeah, uh, trying to decide what to put on continuity and the frequency. There's a lot of data analysis that goes into doing that. Um, um, and that's a great area for using something like intelligence to try and kind of minimize the manual data crunching that needs to be done and find those products that have recurring demand and start to understand um, what the pattern is so that you can better tailor your continuity program offering. Um, you know, to meet the market need. No, that's interesting that honestly, the front end isn't nearly as important of choosing what to put on it as the flip side of analyzing what's working. Yeah. Because uh, you can, it's probably not going to hurt you really to just try things. Um, yeah, I think as long, as long as you, as long as you know, and you've done your homework to know that you can keep that product in supply that it's readily available then yeah there's a lot of um, benefit to experimenting um, because a, a recurring customer is 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 so valuable um, you know so if you can get someone and keep them um, so much more valuable than a one-time purchase yeah and, and I guess that leads to the question of how do you convert your average buyer into somebody that's now on continuity are there any tips, tricks you've seen that, that helps make that transmission smoother 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's an element of doing, um, again, going back to like, how do you use intelligence to drive these programs? So, you know, looking at a customer who's made a one-time purchase on a product that a large percentage of your customers are buying on continuity, that becomes a trigger point to invite them to consider um, continuity. Mm -hmm. You can incent them, of course, if they're buying on a regular cadence, you're going to offer them a discount, 10% off, 15% off for that um, commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and there's a lot of, um, uh, analysis that's been done to show the drop off rates in continuity programs. I think the data shows that it's about 60% after the third delivery, if you just wow. leave it to run. So it can be pretty high. Yeah. Um, so it's really important to, um, understand those churn points and really focus, uh, your program on how do I keep the customers? So as I approach that third leg, do I offer them um, a free trial product within um, that shipment? Do I give them free shipping every once in a while or an additional discount? Anything to really keep the program fresh and to sort of anticipate the churn um, uh, before it happens. Yeah. It it sounds like, you know, as, as you continue to talk through this, how much the continuity relies on being successful through the intelligence you have with the systems you have. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it a more intelligent continuity instead of um, being a set it and forget you're trying to keep it fresh. You know, I, I think another point that I didn't talk about is you also want to make sure that it's really easy for the consumer. So, you know, we all have a life and we all go on vacation and we all sometimes consume a little less than um, um, what we normally do. And you got to allow the consumer that ability to pause or skip a delivery or shift the, the time point so that the program adapts to their needs versus is too rigid. Yeah. I mean, that's literally this week. My wife and I had to postpone three weeks worth of meal services because we were like, we got seven sitting in the fridge right now. Yeah. And exactly. those need to be eaten right now. Um, but yeah, and, and I'm curious too on the intelligence side, uh, how what how deep or I guess how robust of intelligence uh, are we talking about here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's lots of opportunities. Um, you know, so part of it is this whole idea that, you know, you've got a mountain of, of data. So just starting at the very beginning of identifying the products mm-hmm. by being able to analyze your um demand patterns and look at the products that have high potential, um, you know, and maybe that's more, you know, data crunching than intelligence, but there's still a, there's some heavy lifting that can be done um, to, to help percolate up those products to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's, and there's also that analysis, like we said, of, um, uh, uh, so that'll identify the products that are that have high demand. There's the element of looking at products that maybe you wouldn't normally consider for a regular continuity program, but they're out there. Um, you've got inventory and, and a potential market to, to move them in. So doing some analysis to understand the products that, again, are accumulating um, um, and you want to kind of put it out there as a, as a temporary continuity offer. Um, I think it's looking at connected products. So you know, if I'm buying uh, one, my shampoo on continuity, there's probably an opportunity to use intelligence to drive um, a conditioner purchase. Or how do I build out, build out, build out your beauty cabinet or your or your pantry at home with with complementary products? So I think there's just there's lots of opportunities to um, continuously look at new products that um, that can be can be added. 
And so where do you see this intelligence, I guess, taking us when it comes to continuity? Because obviously the more intelligent you can be with doing it, it's going to become something completely different than it is now. Um, where do you see that going? Like, it, does it change how we shop, how, you know, how you're able to cater to customers? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, there's um, again, there's that element of, of making sure you're continuously evaluating the customer's um, needs. So if we go back to, I set up my program based on some analysis that I've done on the um, purchasing frequency but I have continuous signals that will show me you know summer comes and they slow down so how can I make that more seamless for the customer and anticipate that point and say hey you know vacations coming you can drop down to um, a, a lower frequency or the flip better still is I see we're heading into a point where you might need more of this product would you like me to increase the frequency so there's that constant evaluation um, we like to focus a lot too on how can you identify those churn points and think about how to inject a nice little surprise into the customer experience. Mm -hmm. um, so how do I keep it fresh by offering a complimentary product, which you may then choose to add to your um, regular continuity purchase. So I've, I've introduced you to something. Um, I've, I've done that thoughtfully based on what I know you've already purchased and what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, and I'm hopefully going to convert you to a bigger basket on a recurring nature. Um, you're happy. And I, as, as a brand manager, I'm happy too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of plays out in my head of eventually coming to a point where I'll have a, a food business that basically they take care of sending me food. Maybe they send me my wine, they send me snacks. Um, I don't have to think about it anymore. They have my food. And then another business that takes care of all my personals, like deodorant, laundry yeah. detergent. That's where I kind of exactly. see this heading. Well, exactly. You start to think about how, like, especially groceries are a great example where, you know, you have your staples on your list that you're buying every week. And that changes, might change over time if your family grows or, you know, if you become an empty nester. But it's really how great would it be instead of me have to say, oh, okay, shoot, I got to start planning for that to almost have it show up as a recommendation. Hey, should I, do you want me to send this to you? We, I've noticed you're, you're buying this pretty frequently. <laughs> how about if I just set this up for you and, and you tell me how frequently you want me to send it? Um, so there's a win-win in there because you've made my life easier by mm -hmm. recognizing my needs and kind of packaging up and making it really easy for me to um, have them met. Um, yeah. And with the intelligence, it's accurately met, or at least more accurately. Uh, yeah, exactly. You have proof, you know. Well, and sometimes it can be smarter than me because it's going to anticipate I'm running out of milk before I've actually run out of milk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I forget that I have to change the oil every, you know, whatever thousand miles. But yeah. if it's on some sort of, you know, continuity, it's yeah. going to know that, okay, you drive an average of whatever miles a day. So yeah. we're going to send you oil in an oil yeah. pan every three months. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's a great example of, um, of another opportunity that we haven't talked about yet. So if you think about now, a similar example where we've all got our, you know, Wi-Fi connected thermostats at home. And mine mm -hmm. reminds me that it's time to change the filter. Mine does too, yeah. But do I change the filter at that? No, because then I've got to take an extra step to go and order a filter somewhere. So it's also about looking at these opportunities to really connect um, 
connect these two things together. So my, you know, my, my device sends me the reminder and then immediately says, and you can order it from, you know, right here. And oh, by the way, you need to replace it every six months. So would you like me to put it on continuity? Mm, that sounds beautiful. Like I, I feel bad in a sense because I feel like this caters to so much of lazy Steven. Um, <laughs> Like, like, I feel like I should be more proactive to when it says, you know, you need to change the air filter. I go to the store and buy an air filter, like no big deal. But just the idea that as much as everybody has going on nowadays, yeah, get that, that thing off your plate. Exactly. I don't think it's about a, laziness. I actually think it's really about allowing you to focus on things that maybe matter more. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool when I think about it that way. So it's one thing to realize there's a market opportunity, but another to actually have the tools to do it. Um, so how do you see uh, somebody going about getting into being able to do continuity in an intelligent fashion? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely lots of pieces. So if you think back to my comments about there's the supply chain at the back of it, it's not, it's not as simple as taking that order and that request to have it delivered every month you know, every month, mm -hmm. some, you know, you, you need the systems and the technology in place and, and what's called order management to kind of hold that order and say, Oh, okay, time's up time to send the next one. And there's a bookkeeping element that, that you want to consider in any um, system that can facilitate and coordinate and ensure that the payment is, is, um, is captured at, at, at every month. There's um, making sure that you're eliminating any kind of friction in the, in the, customers um, buying process. So we talked a little bit about, uh, again, giving them some freedom and some flexibility to adapt the program to their needs because much better to make it adaptable than to force them to cancel and because uh, regaining that customer is a whole lot harder. Yeah. Speaking of harder, uh, with everything that's occurred in 2020, the pandemic, the effect it's had on business, how have you seen continuity come into play? That's a great question. I mean, I think, um, of course, just everything around ordering online and the speed and efficiency of delivery became so much more important as everyone was at home. Um, and, you know, we saw that in e-commerce growth rates that, um, that outpaced, you know, I, I have to, well, I'm going to have to double check the numbers for the UK. I, I can't remember if they had five years of growth in the quarantine period. I have to wow. double check. You, we should fact check that before you quote <laughs> me on that. But, but it's, you know, it, it drove significant growth in a very short period of time. And I think for, for essentials, you think about the Unilevers and the Procter and Gamble, like the, the, the brand name consumer packaged good company of the world, where you buy them, you buy them in the grocery store or you buy them in the, um, in, in the drug channel, but this opportunity for them to get direct to consumers and be able to fulfill that need kind of minimize the middleman, not eliminate them. Of course, they're still going to sell through those channels is I think has been a lot of, um, you know, a force for change in these last months because suddenly what these companies had been thinking about doing became so important. Uh, you know, they, they really needed to reach, reach their customers. So, you know, I'll give you one example of like a shampoo manufacturer. Suddenly all the beauty salons are closed. And if that is your primary avenue of selling to your consumers, you really want to figure out how to get to them directly and, of course, build a recurring demand pattern. 
these last months have changed how we all shop and made us focus so much more on the efficiency of getting things to our house versus having to go out the door and walk into a, um, into a store, all, you know, masked up. Um, so I think uh, it's an excellent point that that's been a big driver of change. And I think we'll continue to drive change in, in uh, change and adoption and continuity programs. Well, I think too, for these companies that are finally getting an opportunity to sell direct to consumer or be on continuity, it's kind of the first opportunity to actually learn about who your customer is. Because for years, you didn't know who it was that came to, you know, your super Egg, to buy your product. Yeah, exactly. Because the, you know, when you're selling to a retail, you're selling in big, you know, pallets and cases. So you have this lumpy demand that you really don't understand um, you know, you're, you're hindered to understand the actual demand patterns of your consumer. So this is an opportunity for them to really understand and, and be, be really creative in how they meet their customers. That's Margie Bell, head of product for SAP Commerce. If you want to learn more about continuity commerce, check out the link in the show notes where you can find the continuity commerce playbook. Also, if this was useful for you, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can receive notifications as new episodes of the Commerce Reimagined series are released. If you enjoyed it as well, feel free to leave us a rating and a review to help others discover the show. I'm Steven Spears, and this is the Future of Customer Engagement and Experience podcast. See you next time.